When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast. Why do they call me Nomad? Well, I traveled the globe, spreading the joy of music one song at a time. And now I bring you wisdom, tried and true knowledge, and life experiences of my colleagues and peers in this crazy business we call music. On this episode of the Career Musician Podcast, we have Nate Morton, a.k.a. Nate Drums from The Voice. This is the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. Okay, so you start out on TV as a rock star drummer. Where do you go from there? Well, you just keep on doing the same thing and blowing up even more. <laughs> Who remembers Rockstar NXS or Rockstar Supernova? Well, if you do, then you've seen and heard Nate Morton, a.k.a. Nate Drums, jam out on that show several times. And then, as if that weren't enough TV drumming mania, the dude goes and lands the gig with The Voice. Look, I can't even list the artists he's played with. If I did, we would be here for five hours. The list is ridiculous. He's drummed for everybody in every scenario on every planet known to man and beyond. Check it out. Nate Drums from The Voice, the drummer extraordinaire, and I'm sure so many other things. I'm sure you're not just a drummer. Well, welcome to the career musician here uh, with myself. I'm so glad to be breaking bread and sitting down and talking to Pleasure you. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, listen, I, I know we, we're pressed for time, so I want to organize this kind of kind of nicely. Um, Liz, give me a brief history of why you started banging things for a living. Oh, um, that's sort of a... Uh, it was a, a confluence of of of, of uh, influences. Yeah. So basically, Animal from the Muppets <laughs> sort of made me realize, like, oh, okay, it's okay to be, you know, a hyper 
spaz as long as you can channel it towards something like this. And so that's what I, you know, I sort of modeled that. And then uh, my parents went to Tennessee State University, which is a, a historically black college university. Of course. And I would go and I would see their marching band when I would go to their football games. And so that was always thrilling for me. So Something about a, the marching band, it's infectious, isn't it? Oh, sure. When you're right there, oh, sure. close up. Yeah. Oh, well, especially if you're like a little kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't even really point to a specific thing. I just know that it connected with me. Yeah. And I know that drums always connected to me with, with me. Uh, even from an early age, because everything else sounded like <laughs> what I want to say is notes, like and the drums are like <laughs> so like the drums like stuck out from that, you know what I mean? Even awesome. and that 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 always was the case. That continued to be the case even as I got older. And my dad was into you know. Um, well, you might call it today sort of smooth jazz, but he'd play maybe Grover Washington Jr. or he'd play something like that. And even that, you know, do, 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 or, you know, there's a sax playing the melody, and the drums are always like, you know, and just that texture. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that, 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 um, not the stagnant, but the motion. Absolutely. And, you know, point of fact, I was, I was a hyper kid. Like, if I was born, you know, in this day and age, all sorts of doctors would have tried to put me on all sorts of medications. You know what I mean? And so I'm very fortunate that I found drums and drums became my outlet for that level of hyperactivity. That's you know? Awesome. And even, it's interesting, I had a kid once when I was teaching and uh, he came in one day and it was like, it was, it was a better lesson than he had ever had, right? It was a better lesson than he had ever had. Young kid, he might have been, I'm gonna say he was maybe 10, 10, 11, something like that. And I just remember like, wow, he seems so much more alive today and he's really much more in tune to the instrument and he's really, you know, getting the stuff that I'm throwing at him today more than ever. And his mom came and picked him up and she apologized to me and she said, I'm really sorry. I hope, you know, I hope Will was okay today. And I go, what do you mean? And she said, well, we forgot his medication. So he's been a little, you know hyper today and it really in that moment struck me how fortunate I was because I literally told her I was like you know what today was his best lesson mm -hmm. and as an adult when I look back on it I think potentially how much less engaged I would have been with music with That's the right. drums had, had that happened and I look at a kid like like Will and I go oh man Poor little you know what I mean yeah. so yeah, I don't know I didn't mean to no go I love that dark there for a moment I love but that in my case yeah in my case my medication was drums that's beautiful. And I would go in my room and I would play for hours a day, just play the songs. And Well, we all know music is so therapeutic. It so completely is. It's beautiful. So when did you come to L.A. and really start pursuing music as a career? Um, I moved to L.A., uh, which is, by the way, tied for the second best thing that I ever did for my musical career. Moving to L.A. and attending Berklee College of Music. Those are the two best things I ever did for my to, to, to advance my career. I used to say moving to L.A. was the second best and going to Berklee was the first, but I realized that one can't really exist without the other. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? If I had right. just gone to Berkeley and stayed there, yeah. I don't think I'd be fortunate to do the things that I'm fortunate to do. Conversely, if I had just moved to LA, I don't think I would have had the same skill set. The skill set? To, 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 to be We'll get to that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved to LA in 98, if memory serves. And when I moved here, it was funny because... I would bump into people and I would go, yeah, how long, how long have you, you know, lived in LA? And they would say, oh man, I've been here for about five years. You know, oh, I've been here for like six years. 
and that seemed so long. Like, cause I was here for like three months, four months, five months, mm. and I would just think, wow, that seems so long. And now I've been here just about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and it's gone by like that. Yeah, But it's it been a great ride and I really it enjoy does, it. It does, man. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right into it. Hit me. I noticed your social media. Okay. And the way you're explaining things and breaking down your daily routine on the show. Okay. I also noticed some of the wisdom nuggets that you're tossing out there to the next generation of aspiring professionals in our industry. Talk to me about some of your core principles and methods for being a career musician. Because look, you don't land a gig like you've landed and all the other gigs that you've landed mm -hmm. by accident. Sometimes chance plays a part. Sure, Sometimes sure. luck, but you know, we know that luck is just when preparation meets opportunity, That's right? right? So your core principles and methods that you adhere to. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's not, unfortunately, I don't have anything necessarily deep or profound. It's very, very simple. I mean, for me, very early in my career, I was advised to listen to as much music as I possibly could, right? And to play as much music as I possibly could with as many different people as I possibly could. And, and that's just always been what I've tried to do. And it sort of led, you know, to this gig where from week to week, day to day, you know, we'll go from a pop R&B ballad to a country song to a classic rock song right. to, you know, whatever, uh, to an orchestral arrangement of something. And so I think that it served me well to sort of approach it that way. And then in terms of gigs that I've sort of pursued or that I've sort of been involved in, historically, I've chosen gigs or I've sought gigs based on liking the music liking the people in the band. Mm. There are times when I toured or played in bands with people because, well, like I said, because I liked them or because I enjoyed the music or because I enjoyed the atmosphere and turned down gigs that might have paid more mm. or that might have, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That might have, that might have um, yes. quote unquote, advanced my career. 
you know? I mean, I, 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 I've always erred on the side of trying to choose gigs that I found enjoyable. And the reason I've done that is because I feel like if you choose gigs, like I've known people who've chosen gigs based on, oh, I'll meet this person on that gig. Or I've known people who've assembled bands based on, oh, let me call this guy, this guy, and this guy, because in turn, they may call me for this. <laughs> Whereas whenever anyone's ever asked me to put together a band, I think, who are my friends? Like, who are my boys? That's like, right. who can I hook up with a good situation right now? The relationships right? that you have, and, and, and it's, it's really, a nice positive It's really energy, about that right? for me. Yeah. And the reason why is because, you know, at the end of the day, I want... I, I always thought about it this way. I, I always felt like I'm going to wind up on some situation somewhere doing something. I'm going to be playing. I want it to be in a happy situation that I really like. So even if it takes me longer, because I don't politic. I can't really politic. I don't know how to really do it. It feels, I have to say, it feels it was, icky. It was really easy to get in touch with you. Sure. And, and, and that is a sign of not politicking, yeah. which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just find yeah. it takes too much energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just too much energy. I can't, does, I can't be bothered. I, I, I just kind of, you know, I don't even know. I just feel my way much more organically and much less calcul calculatedly. I don't think that's the word. Uh, um, it's appreciated. Yeah. And so that's, so all of that boils down to sort of where my musical philosophy is. Basically the idea Love that it. I always wanted to be exposed to as much. With all due respect to players who are highly specialized. You know, when right, I was in school, right. I knew, you know, dudes who just played jazz. Right. And they were really good. Yeah, and burners, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. realized that, you know, to an extent, I'm making a little bit of a sacrifice because I know that the reason why they're that way is because their eight hours a day of practice is on that. Yes. Whereas mine is split between That's right. 10 different things. So I'm, I know I'm not going to be there, but like I said, it was always my priority to be you know, the versatile. Versatile. I, okay. I love it because it was mine as well. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I knew at the at the young age of like probably 14 that I wanted to be a session cat. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what that was, right? Mm -hmm. And all your friends were like, what do you mean? I'm, like, yeah. right. I'm sure you experienced the same thing. Sure. Uh, John Powell, film composer, I, I interviewed him for this uh, podcast and he, he put it like this. He said, because I asked him, I said, have you ever been afraid of, you know, serving too many masters? Jack of all trades, master of none, right? Sure. He said his father told him, be careful of that. You better master one thing. Instead, he became one of L.A.'s biggest film composers by mastering the amalgam of many things. Mm. That's the way he put it. All these different things that we're picking from on a, on a daily basis, practicing and then playing and sure. then different people. So I love that. So versatility is a tried and true principle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I always like to say... Uh, Methods change constantly, especially with technology, mm -hmm. but the principles always remain the same, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I love that. Versatility, down-to-earth personality, because let's face it, we're off stage longer than we're on stage. Absolutely. So if you That's a good point. Right? If you don't point. connect Not a lot of people realize people, that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and ego really just can't come into play. Right. So. It's funny. Um, I got a buddy who said to me, you know, we really must love music because basically we'll go out. We'll tour in a van and a trailer and move our gear and deal with like crappy club owners trying to rip us off, cold pizzas that they get for, you know, after show meals. And we do all of that to get on stage and do what we do for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, we deal with all that other stuff to get on stage for what we do for 45 That's minutes. You know? From cold pizza and warm beer backstage. Right. <laughs> so it, uh, it almost seemed like um, your touring kind of slowed down and then you, you, you obviously have done a lot of session work here in town and then the TV show picked up. You've been on the show for 
uh, seasons. Wow, we've got to be. Yeah, we just completed. We literally two days ago just completed the finale for season fifteen. Fifteen, and wow. it's doing. Uh, we do two cycles a year, right. so fifteen seasons has fit into about oh, almost eight years. Okay. I think probably a little over seven years, something like that. Amazing. So, yeah. so that's where I want to focus for your episode. Um, and I'm sorry we, we got there. In You're order, all you know, good. You're uh, all good. But basically, studio etiquette has always been a big thing for me. And I think um, younger musicians coming up might not always have that studio etiquette, especially when they have their fresh chops from mm -hmm. Berkeley or MI mm -hmm. or wherever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they, they're just young and inexperienced in certain ways. They don't know how to communicate effectively mm -hmm. with others in, in, the, in the booth, in the band, or especially the producer. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about studio etiquette for you. Uh, you know, I mean... I, it's our job to facilitate what the producer is going for. Right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's interesting, you, you said studio. Uh, a buddy, Reggie Hamilton, you know Reggie Hamilton? Absolutely. Um, great, great, great bass player. Incredible. He said that, uh, you know, when he's in the studio, it's important, he said, of, of, of studio recording, it's important to play, you know, what is right for the music and only ever hint that you can do more. You know what I mean? Well said. You know what I mean? Only ever hit the chicken score. In other words, there. it's like yes. how many times have how many times uh, have we been in situations with with drummers? We 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 tend to be the worst offenders, <laughs> where they say, "Okay, give me the snare. Okay, bop, bop, bop. okay, give me the top. Okay, yeah. give me everything," yeah. and it becomes like drum solo extraordinary. And it's like, I don't, no, no, that's not helpful. That's not going to work for I the song. I need like some time and some simple fills so I can hear what it sounds like in the mix, you know? What it um, would be for the song. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty as that, I'm that sure. you know, as anyone. You know, I think I, we've all I can wait. Yeah, I can yeah, wait yeah. to be on stage with Soundshake and they go, okay, give me everything. I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What it's is like, it like sneakers in a dryer? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So so that'd be one thing that I that I've sort of picked up. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, if you're in the studio and if you're recording, um, obviously, in 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 most situations, you are there to a serve the song and essentially bring the artist or the producer's vision to life. To life. You know what I mean? That's right. And it's interesting because I, in my experience. That happens in all manner of ways. I've been on situations in the studio where um, it is pretty specifically dictated to me mm -hmm. what they want. You know that yeah. fill where you go bat ba do do daga do crash and you hit the crash on the right? right? Yes. Can you do it where you go bat ba do do daga do crash and hit the crash on your left? My cynical internal voice goes. <laughs> Right, that's going to be that's the difference in this being a hit or not. But then I go, no, 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 no. Take that hat off, you little cynical jerk. You say, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's what you want. Sure. I don't have to know why you want it. The answer. I, I, my job is to. The credo to, is yeah. the answer is always yes. Yeah. That's absolutely. It. Absolutely. Right? And then at the same token, by the same token, I've been on sessions where, where they'll go, okay, hey, Nate, you know, um, we're, we're getting it together in here. Let's just, just take a pass down. Okay, fine. You blow it down once, mm -hmm. and they go, um, okay, you're good. And you go, wait, what? Yeah, right? Are you sure? <laughs> they go, no, no, dude, that sounded great. That sounded exactly. great. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll be going then. <laughs> 
especially when, so, it, when it's all you know union and, and, and labels and sure. and, and, and you, the, the pay doesn't change, right? And it's just it's just you know I I've, I've learned to have my mind very open when I walk into a session. If I'm sure. particularly if I'm working with people that I've not worked with before, sure. because it could go either one of those you know two ways. I've been in situations where I'll sit, I'm sound checking a snare drum for you know 90 minutes while they're mm. while they're a b c ding a million different mics and positions and it's you know a half an inch this way and a half an inch that way and i'm doing it for 90 minutes and then it's the time of the same thing and the thing and then i've been in other situations where i'll sit down and i'll go okay um what do you want first you want the rack tom and they'll go are you ever gonna play the rack tom only by itself and i go no and they go okay well then just give me some time and I go, okay, yeah. and then I do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, it yeah, takes, yeah. and it takes, you know, four minutes flat for them to get right. the drum sounds because that's what they're looking for, you know? And so it's interesting in that situation because obviously under a microscope, you may hear a rattle in a floor tom and you may go, oh, ooh, and you may spend, you know, half an hour trying to figure out what it is and putting tape on this and, and tightening that and doing this and that and the other. Whereas in any other situation, you might go, well, it's rattling, but amidst the whole sound of the whole mix of things, you're never going to hear that. Never gonna hear so let's go. And I've had both results come out great, and I've had both results not work. Right. <laughs> you know, I've mean, I've had results from both, rather, you know, be, be right. really great, right. and I've had results come out and go like, hmm. So I've done times where people have taken two hours to get drum sounds, and then I hear the final product, and I go, those drums don't sound that good. <laughs> right. So the lesson is just, just to be flexible. Yeah. Whichever way they want you to go, you just have to learn how to just go with it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 circling back uh, to 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 your to your question in terms of yeah. etiquette. Yeah. Yes, it is your job uh, in the studio to navigate whatever that situation is. Right. If it's two hours to get drums, if it's two minutes to get drums, if it's individually Tom sounds, if it's play the whole kit. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, and again, circling even further back, the thing that I don't want to do is ever sort of be there for me. Like, I you know, just gonna and, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, if they say, Nate, what do you hear here? Oh, I'm all about suggestions. Yes. I'm all about, let's try this, let's try that. Uh, I'm all about like, hey, you know what? I did a pass where I went to the ride on the chorus. Let me do a pass where I go to open hats instead. That's right. Hey, I did a pass to the bridge where I'm like, just kick drum. Let me do a pass where I add the toms to that. Right. So I'm all about contributing. But you have to be able to contribute, um, unless it's a band right. where you can fight with your band members and go, no, and man, different. I hear this here. Yeah, yeah. But if you're there yeah. as a session guy, you have to be able to contribute without ego. I was just going to ask you, opinions, and that's it. Yeah. When, you know, again, I feel like I've witnessed myself so many times where other musicians have misspoken or spoken out of place, meaning they're offering their opinion mm -hmm. or they're strongly voicing something mm -hmm. when they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and and when I get in situations like that, I mean, and it happens. It, it, it's funny. This band on the show, Sasha Paul and myself have played together since two thousand and five. We did. Okay. We were the rhythm section of a show called Rockstar uh, oh, that, and Excess on CBS. That's where I first uh, saw right. you. Yes, so I we, remember. We played that, yes. together for a long time. So, short of having releases of original music. Mm -hmm. We're a band. Like literally, right. that's the only thing that separates us. Go. We are as much a band as Any 21 Pilots, as Imagine Dragons, whatever. We are as much it. a band as that, short of releasing original music, right? So we get in fights, we argue, <laughs> and you know, things happen like that. But that's internally um, with sure. the, right, right. But if it's a session, sometimes I just have to kind of do a thing where I go, look, let me give you this. If you like it, use it. If you don't, fine. And I'm, and I'm okay with it. Right. If you hear it and you go, that's, that's totally the part. 
groovy. And right. if you hear it and go, nah, that ain't the thing. Okay. I have a couple of like side projects. Um, I have an album that I did with myself and a buddy ages ago. Super talented guy named Sean Halley. Um, he's one of the most talented people that I've ever known in my entire life. Nice. But he basically, we, we co-worked an album together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Basically, I had ideas, and then he made those ideas into like realities. And I had other musicians on it, but it was primarily Sean and I. And what that album was born out of was at the time, I was kind of frustrated because I was being told, you know, okay, that's too rocking. Okay, that's too funky. Okay, no, you can't do that here. Okay, you can't do this here. Okay, not that. And so I was like, you know what? I need an outlet because I want a project where I can just do whatever I want to do and with, with no limitations. There you go. And so that was what so that was what that album was born of. Um, and it's interesting because in more recent history, I did a record with uh, a buddy named Kenwood Anderson, which was the same thing. It was basically like him going, hey, I've got these tunes. Here's the context. You know, here's, here's the medium. Go and do what you want to do. Right. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. That's fun. And then yeah. even more recently, I'm actually working um, I have a band with the same guy from album... One from Wild Wax, Sean Halley, my oh, buddy. Nice, and I. nice. We have a, a record of instrumental. Uh, I don't want to call it. I hesitate to call it fusion because ultimately we are both pop mainstream guys at heart. Okay. So it's sort of pop fusion, if that's a right, thing. Right. Right. Sure. 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 Um, it's instrumental and there's solos, but at the end of you know uh, uh, at the end of the day the tunes do still tend to get sort of anthemic. Mm-hmm. If you if, if if that makes any sense, that's good. You know? that's, that means there's melody present. There's very uh, yeah, it is yeah. definitely melody. It is definitely not. Uh, it's a very accessible. Let's put it that way. It's a very accessible fusion record. And that's you know perfect. what I mean. That's perfect. And so yeah. we're working on that. Uh, we're we literally. He's just been finishing some final mixes of it, and it's going to mastering. So, all of that to say, the studio animal is one thing. When essentially your job is there. You know, sorry. Your, your job is to be there to serve the vision of someone else, typically. That's right. That's right. And then it's nice to have the balance of having your thing, where it's like, I get to do whatever I want to do here. Right. I can play whatever I want here. Right. <gasps> you know. Um, so yeah, no, it's a nice balance. I'm, fun, I'm, yeah, those yeah. are the fun moments that help balance out the Absolutely. other focused. I will say this too. I realized really early uh, that I really enjoy playing songs. I really enjoy playing See? songs. And good, good trait to have. You know what I mean? And, and and more specifically, I enjoy playing pop songs. Ah, I like I'm right there intro, you, verse, chorus, yes. verse, chorus, 16 bar solo, bridge, right. breakdown chorus. <laughs> right. How bad would it be if I didn't on the gig that I'm on? <laughs> Woo! Well, you wouldn't have the gig. What? That's true. That's the whole point. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I feel it's so important. To do this, this is surely a labor of love that I, that I, labor of love that I do with the career musician. Um, people need to hear this. If you want to do this for a living, mm-hmm. then guess what? You're gonna have to identify the you know the tools of the trade mm-hmm. and, and play game, play ball the way you. It's funny. Accordingly, we do so many songs on the show, and I would be lying if I sat here and said I absolutely love. Every single song on the show. Of course. Come on. Don't be silly. We played, we played yeah. 3,000 songs, maybe thousands. more. I would say so, probably more. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah. You know, we played thousands of songs. So obviously I don't fall in love with every single song. However, I will say 
I generally find something to latch onto That's in every right. song. I find some sort of motivation. That's I find right. some sort of vibe or, or whatever it is to put me in the right mindset to find something enjoyable about playing That's right. basically yeah. every song. You know, um, I'm almost never sitting there playing. Like, it could even be, it could be the most bubblegummy, pop, dancey, oomts, ats, oomts, yeah, ats. Yeah, yeah. And that's fun. I just put myself in that mode. Yeah, like, just, how, how bubblegummy and poppy can I make this? You know what I mean? Let's take it to the extreme. And so that's, so I find that, yeah. yeah. I, I, so I, I, I find yeah. that motivating. And I find that helps me when, again, like navigating all the different things that we do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> That's right. You make it as bubblegummy, poppy as you can when you're in that mode. Listen, musicians, career musicians out there. I know a lot of times we're like, oh man, yeah, I got this gig with so-and-so, but I don't like doing that. I'd rather be doing this. Really? You're a musician, a career musician, and you're going to complain about the type of gig you got? Man, that is ridiculous. I have no tolerance for that kind of behavior. Whatever gig you're on, treat it as the most important one you've ever played. Take it from Nate Morton himself, who's played on thousands of TV broadcast shows, broadcast to millions of people all over the world. You heard him. How many songs has he played? I mean, it's way more than 3,000. Trust me. Between all the shows he's done, listen, be grateful. Add the career musician to your playlist. So when the when the producers and, and the directors and the, the, the director's assistants, and the, they're on the headset, and they're, okay, here we go, rolling in, you know, mm -hmm. and you know that, hey, this when that red light hits on TV, mm -hmm. it's a lot different. I mean, look, the red light in the studio is serious. Of course You, you don't want to screw that up. Right. But on TV, it seems like there's even another level of, of uh, intenseness because, you know, the, the money is, is so, so much at stake, right? Well, for me, I find that... I don't mean the money for us. I mean, like, the, the money involved absolutely, in the production. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I find that it's interesting. When I'm recording in the studio, whether or not the artists... How can I put this? Whether or not that artist's path ends there mm -hmm, isn't mm -hmm. really reliant upon me. No, I'm playing no. the drum part, they're gonna come back, you're gonna come track guitars, you're yeah. gonna put down 12 tracks of guitars, you're yeah. gonna come sing it, they're gonna do over there. When I play on the show, if I blow something or if I play something that causes an artist to go to the wrong section of a song or, or right. you know, lose where they are, or I don't lead them into a section, or I forget to play the, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the snare drum thing on four that they're That's expecting right. to hear, and they mess up, then I kind of, you know, a little bit of that can be on me, and I can go, ooh. And it's particularly evident in, like, um, I don't know how many people who are listening to this are fans or, or, or follow the show, The Voice, but the first part of the season is the blind auditions. And they come out, and they're singing, essentially, for their chance to be on the show. Yeah. And so it's funny because whatever amount of nerves or 
you know, uh, uh, anticipation or anxiety that they may have, I sort of feel that. Like, I sort of feel kind of tense, too. I don't, I don't, it doesn't cause me to play with more tension, right. but it does cause me to realize, like, oh, more is on the line. I'm not playing a cover gig right now no, of course, on, yeah. I, in a bar, you know, in Northridge. You I'm, recognize I'm playing the, this person the importance is relying yeah. on yeah. <laughs> this performance. So, um, by that same token, when I do start to think about that, I do, like, my drum tech will tell you, um, I write, breathe, on my drum head, on my snare drum head, because I can That's get in my own head and not and sort of forget to breathe. I you love know? that. So I always have to remind myself, like, <sighs> okay, here we go. You know? It's okay if you do that several times throughout. Oh, absolutely. Given, it's, know, it's a constant wow. reminder. That's constant beautiful. Reminder. Yeah. Excellent. So. All right, so so now we, we covered touring, we covered studio, we covered being on set. By the way, yeah. by the way, once someone wrote me um, when we were doing Rockstar, and I never really realized it. And generally speaking, I'm more concerned with the artist on stage than I am the potentially millions of people watching the show. Like, right. I'm more concerned about right. them doing well. I'm not necessarily getting nervous because I'm thinking, oh man, you know, like, millions of people are seeing this. I'm getting nervous because I'm like, wow, I really feel for this contestant. I really hope that they do well. And so it's funny. I'm almost always able to be in that mindset. Mm. One time someone wrote me a note, though. They wrote me an email, and it said something along the line. It was very nice, very, very nice email. And it said, you know, good job on the show, and blah, 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 blah. Just remember, what did it say? It said, just remember, the entire community of drummers is counting on you. Or something along those lines. Something along those lines. No, that's just interesting. I was like, <laughs> because, because, they, because what, they, yeah, what they meant was, yeah. given the profile of the gig, sure. Yes. You know, and so if I do it poorly, it reflects poorly. In that moment, I was reminded, like, wow, uh, if I mess up, a lot of people hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Contra conversely, yeah. I don't think a lot of people even know when musicians messed up. You know, we know it, and sometimes we beat ourselves up over it, right? Yeah. Well, what happens to me, I find, is, yeah, I, I find that... Unless you can see the person and they pull a funny mug when they mess something up, which I do, but fortunately <laughs> the camera doesn't always catch it. But what happens a lot of the time is that, you know, as musicians, maybe you'll, you've experienced this as well. You know, like, you play something and it doesn't come off as what you wanted it to be, mm -hmm. but what did come off was cool, was, was fine, cool, right. was fine, mm -hmm. but because it's not the idea you wanted, you're kind of like, ah, yeah, shucks, didn't nail that. But right. no one else knows what you want, what you meant to play. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> there you go. All right, so we covered all these things. Now, this is leading into how you're transitioning from the TV set to the studio to facilitate getting all this music rehearsed and then recorded and then back to the set to be performed. Correct. Okay. Just give it. Just walk us through that process real quick. I, I love what you're doing, you know, on your posts. So you got it. In terms of our schedule on the show, you mean? Yeah, how intense it is. Well, for you funny. as one of the role members. Sure, I'm sure. Uh, you, you know what I'm trying. To right, say. right. The band members. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the okay. So some of the show is very. Uh, some of some of the scheduling of the show is very humane, mm -hmm. and it's almost like normal. Like a normal person <laughs> with a normal job, where so for example, if it's just the band rehearsing and we have to learn uh, songs for you know uh, blind auditions, yeah. well, our band rehearsals might just be two weeks, Monday through Friday. We show up, we blast through say twenty songs a day, um, and for us at this point, due to the fact that some of the material we've already played, as well as um, we're playing you know two minute versions of songs, we're not playing sure. seven minute opuses. Uh, we can blast through 20 songs in 
three and a half hours. It's beautiful. You know, three and a half hours, four hours. So those days are very humane. It's a light day, yeah. Yeah. However, the most intense time of the show is what we just completed, which is the the final weeks, which is usually about six or seven weeks leading up to the finale, and those shows are live. And so basically what that schedule looks like is day one of our schedule is Wednesday, and we get the material, we learn it in the morning, we shoot reality that day with the contestant and their coach, right? So those are typically fairly long days. That's a Wednesday. Thursday we have second rehearsals where that's just the band, no mm -hmm. cameras, with the contestant and it's like a kind of a, a review like here's what we did yesterday here's what we worked out with you know here's what kelly thought you should do with sure. this arrangement here's what sure. we should do let's just you know blow through it a couple times we'll be good and so we go to second rehearsals on thursday friday we go to uh the recording studio and we record the itunes version that's either going to be right. you know released or that streams on the itunes you know voice radio channel right, or whatever right, right, right. Um, that you can go and pick up if you loved, you know, Kennedy Holmes's rendition of Confident, sure, you know, sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. So, um, so Thursday is our second rehearsal. Friday, we go to the studio and record. Saturday, typically, is all day on stage uh, at Universal doing uh, camera and uh, lighting rehearsals yeah. and getting audio all dialed in for Monday's show. Right. And then Sunday is basically the same thing all day as Saturday for Tuesday's show. Wow. Monday come in, dress rehearsal in the morning, Incredible. break, do the show that night. Tuesday come in, dress rehearsal in the morning, break, show that night. Now we're talking about 10 to 14 hour days. To, uh, at, this point. at the worst, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. sometimes they're, so, so, lately they've been slightly more humane, but yeah, 10 yeah. hours is a, is a, a fair Okay. Yeah. Fair average for That's a day. Uh, we have outliers that end up being longer. Uh, I just mentioned to you earlier that you know we had Thanksgiving Day off, right. but that comes in the middle of when our work schedule demands seven days a week of work. So for us to get Thursday Thanksgiving off, it means that the following Friday we do twice as much work. Twice as much. So that could easily be like a 15, 16 hour day. So th this is perfect. Business acumen, what are some of the things that you've learned over the years that, man, you know, that you've uh, applied to, to really I've always I've never had a manager or an accountant um, I've always just felt for, for this is just me personally mm -hmm. I've known people who have managers I've mm -hmm. known people who have agents mm -hmm. I've known people who have accountants and it's important and it works for them for me in terms of ever having had a manager I've never been in a situation where I felt like a manager could do more for me than I could accomplish mm -hmm. myself I got a buddy well of mine well uh, I used to work with a buddy named Tommy and um, Tommy said, all managers are the same. He said, you know what? When you're popular, they can all get you work. And when you're not, they all suck. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, he's oversimplifying, but there's an extent to where, sure, it's like, okay, you're, you're U2's manager. Like, how hard is your job? Like, everybody wants you to everywhere all the time. Like, what are you, what are you doing, right? Conversely, you know, right? Conversely, you're a completely unheard of, uh, you know, band, whatever. It's like... It's just, having a manager doesn't mean you ascend to being That's you right. the next day. I mean, That's right. so for me, I mean, a band isn't a great example, but uh, for me, I've never had a manager for that reason. And I've never, and, and then the other thing too is I'm the kind of person who, um, I like things done a particular way. Mm. And so I feel like it would take me so long to teach someone like yes. I do all my social media yes you know and, and part of the reason and, and that's same I mean, here it's a double-edged sword it, it's a double-edged sword it, it takes means, a lot of time it, means, yeah, it takes a lot of time yeah, and it means that things don't happen as fast as fast for me like right. right now uh, just to just to be sort of myopic for a moment 
I really enjoy putting up these Nate Morton drum cams, which yeah. are these behind the scenes oh, GoPro. Yeah, they're you know, videos that have been yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't put up one in ages because <clears throat> that was a situation where um, someone was actually doing that for me, mm-hmm. and uh, they were. Uh, and they're no longer working with me, and so now I've got to learn how to do it. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I mean. Like it's I, I have a learning curve. Yeah. I want to take over the the, the the mantle and actually learn to do that. Sure. But it's like you know, I got video editing software, and like I opened it up for the first time on my computer, and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Well, I know. So I'm gonna have to like learn it. <laughs> I just you know, don't do that. But so that's the downside of <laughs> trying to right. do it all myself. That's right. But ultimately, I think it will be better because, as I said, in the long run, you know, I I think it would be <clears throat> harder for me. To explain to someone what I want it to be, and it'll be frustrating for them. Right, right. You know, right. Um, I, I totally get it. No, right. Well said. So, well said. I do. The one thing that I enjoy doing though too is like in terms of being my own social media person. I remember someone sending me, someone sent me an email once, and it said, um, uh, "Dear Nate Morton," and then it said in parentheses, "or whoever answers his emails." Right. You know, and they went on yeah, to sure, see sure, what they were sure, saying, sure. and I wrote them back and I said. It's me. I said I'm not. I'm not sitting, you know, in a corner office of Nate Morton Enterprises downtown L.A. Like, no, it's me sitting in my little in my little garudio. I call it my garudio because it's my garage. Man, Nate, this has been such a treat, man. Just to close this episode, (laughs) perhaps one of your more memorable moment moments that you could just recall. Mm. From the show, yeah, or just with with, with a celebrity type artist that you sure say, wow. I, I I I share this quite a bit with people. Um, it's always fun to meet and discover just how nice some of these literally icons mm. are. So we're doing the show, and uh, I'm setting up. The drums are, are are downstage, which basically means I'm not on the main stage kit, but I'm you know right. downstage to perform with with an artist. And um, whatever I'm doing, I'm tuning or I'm moving something. And I kind of just feel this sort of presence kind of standing over my shoulder. And I turn and I look, and this little, you know, petite figurine of a woman says, Oh, don't, you know, don't mind me, drummer man. I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. I'm Dolly. Dolly Parton! <laughs> like, she, right? Right, I mean, right. It, it doesn't get any bigger. No, no, no. Right? She's an icon of icons. And she took the time. To come over just and be like, I just want to introduce out. myself. And we've had, wow. you know, or, or, or I've worked with artists who are not nearly mm. at that level that don't uh, that treat you with that level that of, kind of respect or that, yeah, you know what I mean? Kindness, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. that really meant a lot. And that will That's always, awesome. I will never forget that. You know, That's and she's awesome. not the only one. We've had no, others. Sure, you know, we've sure. had others. Um, uh, Joe Walsh being on the show was rad. Oh, he was so rad, and yeah. he was just so yeah, man. He was, I, meeting, meeting <laughs> grumpy musicians is always funny to me because I'm like, you're a musician, like how are you grumpy? How do you be grumpy? He just had so much joy. Just yeah, play, just for play. Oh, yeah, that's you know, awesome, it's, man. It's great. So, like I said, they're, and, awesome. and they're not the only two. Those just those two, you know, pop into mind. Um, so, can I wrap that up as your as your pearl of wisdom here? Don't be grumpy if you're a musician. What do you got to be grumpy for, right? You know what? <laughs> yeah. In my case, I you know that's what yeah. I think about. I mean, my eyes yeah. pop open every morning, and I'm like, I get to go and hit drums today. That's right. You know. Let um, me ask you a question because there's a lot of people that are listening, or or maybe I think I think perhaps you've experienced this. I know I have. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're in the valley when you don't have gigs when the phone's right. not ringing? Absolutely. You know what 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 is it that gets you through that? 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. I had a buddy say, my buddy Tony D'Augustine, outstanding drummer, lives in New York City, um... And at the time, he lived out here, and I was just moving here. And I said, Tony, what's the hardest thing about being a professional musician? And he said, developing a balance. Which, by the way, is one of my... Balance is, like, one of my favorite terms. Um, And I said, a a balance between what? And he said, a balance between everything. And at the time, right. And at the time, right. See, you're you're of an age where... Or of a level of experience where you you get that. And at the time, I didn't. I was like, what do you mean about... I don't understand. Youth is truly wasted on the young. Completely. Completely. And as I've gotten older, I've realized more and more it's like a balance between, for example gigs you love versus gigs that pay the bills better. Mm. A balance between, you know, being busy and earning a living, Mm. but having no time to spend it or no time to enjoy the fact that you're earning a living or not having, you know, having, having time off and balancing that with the, with the mindset of, uh, how am I going to pay my bills? Not having income. Not having income. So it's all a balance, you know? Um, and so as I've gotten older, I've tried to develop that balance. So I've been so fortunate and so just blessed uh, in recent history mm-hmm. to have this ongoing, you know, gig. That's awesome. But before that, you do, you have to balance the hustle with also, you know, trying to take some time and enjoy the fact that you actually do have time to take your kid to the park or, right. you know, time to sit and get a, you know, Subway sandwich with your six-year-old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, it's not easy, and and you sort of have to trust that the things that you're doing, you know, will ultimately lead to work, right. um, and you have to keep doing those things while at the same time, like I said, you know, sort of enjoying the fact that you do have a little bit of time. Uh, I found that especially with touring, you know, uh, um, when I would yeah. tour, obviously touring, while you're only on stage, you know, whatever you are, 45 minutes set a night, or an hour and a half set a night, or two hours set a night, you're gone 24 hours. Like, That's right. You know what I mean? You're, no you're, you're, not, you're not getting paid to just be on the stage. You're getting right. paid to be away from home 24 hours of that day. Sure. So I found that when I toured in touring, in, in breaks you know, between gigs, I had to really make myself appreciate the fact that I was home and really just mm. like do all that home stuff because I know that when the next call Good comes, point. I'm gone, you know, and I don't get to do it. So, yeah. That's truly, uh, and actually, that's a great way to end because it's about balance, and and, yeah. and I appreciate you sharing and reminding us of that term and what it really means because we need to hear it, man. Yeah, no, and it's and it's hard. I think that's what I try to strive for, mm. you know, and you don't always achieve it. That's right. Are you a what's next type of person, or are you just riding the wave as it's here? 
historically I've been a what's next type of person because we do sort of have to be that way a little bit to an extent. Um, recently, I've been, like I said, really fortunate to, to do this ongoing show situation. So for me, the what's next is at the moment less about what's the next gig to do mm-hmm. and more about you know the what's next being cultivating my social media there you go um being able to set my room up so that i can start shooting some drum videos in my in my room that i can share with people Excellent. completing work on this uh fraud profits right, uh, the album band right yes, right this album uh and looking forward to that so those are the the what's next awesome. for me but then even outside of that funnily enough the other what's nexts are like the next tournament that i'm taking my 12 year old tennis player Lachlan, you know, go. to go and play. You know, he had a lesson yesterday. I'm looking at his backhand. And I'm going, yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. You know, <laughs> like things like that. You know, it's like I've been very, very, yes. very fortunate to, awesome. in many ways, accomplish so many things that I that I wanted to accomplish when I was in high school or in college, and so now I'm sort of turning my, you know, my setting my sights on helping others around me accomplish the things that they want to accomplish That's you know beautiful. Man, or, this has been awesome dude you are the epitome of a career musician brother. well thank yeah. you for having me i'm glad yeah. that you think so absolutely <laughs> i know so man nate's humility just speaks volumes i mean think about it everybody we all dream about a gig like that on tv on a consistent basis And for him to be in that position and to be so humble and cool, down to earth and self-aware, there's something to be said for that. Many thanks to Nate for sharing his insight, wisdom, experience, and everything else on this podcast. We are grateful. And hey, do me a flavor, everybody. A musical one, that is. Subscribe to The Career Musician. Leave a review. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me who you want to hear from. Don't forget to check us out on the socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, this and that, everywhere else. All of the podcast platforms. Until next time. Rock and roll, baby. Thank you for tuning in to The Career Musician. Please click the subscribe button and share The Career Musician podcast on your social media feeds. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.